Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Okay. Live from the Mobile Inn. It is the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. The first ever show in person. Hi, Destin. Hi. I mean, it's going to be weird. Our audio is going to sound the exact same. I don't, we don't have to worry about me getting, like, muted anywhere near this. Like, we don't have to worry about any of that. We're yeah. on the same system. This feels a bit surreal, the fact that we're finally getting to work together after we've been working together for... Uh, Two years? Roughly two years? I think a little less, but roughly two years. Yeah, I think we're approaching two years uh, coming up in that April, May area sometime. But, man, how you doing? Uh, well, I know how you're doing. I've been with you all day. Got to see some great football on day two of the Senior Bowl. Uh, how's it feel being out here in Mobile? It's been cool. Cool to meet a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to connect with some people that we used to be with over at the Blue Stable. For um, sure. So shout out to Marcus. Shout out to Luke. Shout out to Landon, who's at the Blue Stable now. Um, shout out to James Boyd of um, the Athletic. Oh, yeah, we've, for sure. We've spent a lot of time with those guys out there at Mobile watching practice. Yeah. It's been two really great days um, weather-wise, great days of football. First day, a little warm. Your boy got burnt. Um, <laughs> oh, you definitely got burnt. I, I got burnt. The left side of my face, red. Um, had to buy that aloe. Um, Rashad didn't have to worry about that, obviously. No, for um, a different reason. Yeah, Rashad did not have to worry about getting burnt. Um, but second day, a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun still got out. It was still a really good day of football. And that's enough of a breeze to kind of make it feel good outside. Yeah. Um, and no rain. Thank, thank the Lord, right? No rain yeah. in two days. It was an overcast all day, and I was a bit afraid of that. You know, but, man, day two was good weather-wise. We got to see some great players, and, and we're going to talk about more of them throughout the show. Uh, but while we were watching players, Coach was apparently watching coaches. And they just announced, well, I think I believe it was Jonathan Jones that, that broke the news that Aaron Glenn will be advancing to round two and having his interview with the coach. Tomorrow, I believe, Thursday, they said it will be the day. Brian Callahan is currently being interviewed by the Indianapolis Colts. So it's now up to eight guys that then made it to round two. Uh, This is not a very prestigious thing they're doing, right? They just don't. Anybody can make it to round two, apparently. If you don't pull out yourself, then. I mean, we really should have expected this. I mean, they decided to cast a very, 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 very large net in round one. Um, 13, not counting Ben Johnson, who they did request, but decided to go back to Detroit before they could even get the chance to sit down with him. Dan Quinn as well. Um, Dan Quinn as well. Um, I mean, they, they have cast that net, man. Yeah. So from 13 to eight, it's crazy. And I'll be honest with you. Now that we're sitting at eight, I can't imagine them going 13, eight to one. Can you? No. 
I, I just don't see it either. I'd love it. I'd love for this to be over. I know people listening are going to be like, Destin, shut your dang mouth. Like, like they're going to be so upset. But I just cannot imagine you bring eight people in and you're just going to be able to like, that's the guy. Right. You got to feel like if they're still reaching out to people to conduct second round interviews and they don't have a clear cut guy right now. I know people want to know who's the favorite and different things like that, but it doesn't seem like they really have a clear cut favorite right now. And this is crazy, man. If it get cut, if, if if it does go to a round three, which is looking like it's trending in that direction, uh, I ask you really quickly before we move on: Does Jeff Saturday makes it to round three? Maybe I'm being an optimist here. I don't think he does. Really, I think, I think this is. I think the round two, which was the only round like where Jim Irsay was going to get into the uh, meeting, like that was always the plan. Round one, he wasn't in any. Interviews. I know there's been some different um, reports out there. Jim Irsay did not sit in on a single round one interview. Um, round two was the plan that Irsay was going to be in those. So mm-hmm. he has been in those. Um, Saturday was always going to get to that setting. I mean, there was never going to be a situation where Saturday did not get a sit down with Jim Irsay for this position. Yeah. Um, that, that I feel like Irsay probably thinks he owes that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now that he has it, you feel like. I, I think. Ballard, from everything I've heard, I think Ballard's running it, man. I think Ballard truly is going to get to choose these candidates and who's coming in. And I think Ursay's trying to be as hands-off as possible without um, – with obviously, he's going to be the one that writes the check oh, cool. in the end and sign it and dot the I's and all the, those mm-hmm. things. So I, I think from th- – this part's a guess just because of the Glenn News is new. I, I think we can move to two-slash-three – Candidates moving on to the final round. Um, I'd probably lean three. Um, my guess on the three would be Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Um, there's a lot of buzz around Brian Callahan, um, offensive coordinator in Cincy, so I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Elijah Evero as the, the defensive coordinator in Denver mm-hmm. is the third one. I'd love for it to be Shane Steichen, but we've heard comments from about those three interviews. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying like we personally have heard it. We have also heard about some other guys, but the public has been told right. about those three guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks some volumes um, yeah. about what's getting out. Mm-hmm. So I think those three are probably the ones that they have the highest interest in right now. Yeah. Um, and obviously they flew out to see Shane Steichen this week, either yesterday or today. I believe it was supposed to be today. And it was or yesterday. Rumors that, yeah, yesterday. Well, when this when this drop, it'll be two days. Yes, it'll Tuesday. Be, yeah, Tuesday. Uh, and there was rumors that Jim Irsay might have not made that trip. Uh, we don't know if there's any certified validity to it, but there's just a couple of things that's floating around. There are some little birdies saying that Jim Irsay did not make the trip, though. He had other obligations that, of course, is you know. it had to have included a guitar. <laughs> like those obligations, a thousand percent. Included a guitar or a stringed instrument. I'm real, I'm willing to open the, the door here to other Jim, instruments. Jim is not skipping a coach's meeting for violin, okay? It's not. But you don't know who that violin was owned by, okay? That's cliche. If it was owned by a Beatles member, he's there tomorrow. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's on, he's on his jet. He's sending Chris Ballard and I remember the coach in one of his little planes. <laughs> you know what? Let's get to these questions, man. Uh, our first question is from... Oath of Nug, uh, his name is anyone but Saturday is funny as hell. Uh, we definitely had a question from him before, so we'll get straight to it. He says, since the offseason has been consumed by head coaching search 
and drafting a QB is soon to follow. What are some other positions fan, Colts fans should look to in the draft? And maybe a few senior bowls standouts. Uh, we get to the standout part later on. Let's just focus on what, in your opinion, is other positions that the Colts could be looking to target in the draft. Um, I'm going to go two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go corner. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of question marks there. I think Kenny Moore, obviously, at the end of the season, looked like a guy who could be on the way out. Yeah. Um, whether that's a trade or that's a release for cap savings, I think there's a, we- a world, a real world where mm-hmm. Kenny Moore is elsewhere. Okay. And I think corner is a big one. Stefan Gilmore, great season, great free agency signing. Um, isn't getting any younger. Yeah. Um, I love Isaiah Rogers. I'm hoping he gets a very expanded role. Um, but you got to add another corner to this room. Um, yeah. The guys behind them, like when we saw some of these injuries go down, that's when a lot of some problems would come up on the defense. Mm-hmm. So you got to add a corner. Um, personally, I think you need to add an outside physical corner um, would be the route that I would be going. So um, would you would you be in that situation looking to move Isaiah Rogers into the slot? Um, I think Isaiah Rogers' skill set in moving into the nickel, I feel like, I mean, Kenny Moore – Fans are going to hate this for me. I, I don't think you're going to, I don't think we're going to be falling back steps here. If we send Isaiah Rogers into the nickel, I think Isaiah Rogers, his speed, yeah. his talent, I, I think he's a better coverage corner than Kenny Moore is. I, I think so too. I just think you lose more in the run game and Kenny Moore's ability to blitz. I, I think those are where the, the areas will be lacking. But I think for Isaiah Rogers' ability to play the slot I, as, as a cover guy, I think you, you're right. You won't be losing much in that area because Isaiah Rogers has shown more than enough ability to play either cornerback position. But uh, what's your other one? Um, my other one's edge rusher. I'm sure that's one that mm-hmm. everyone's thinking. Um, Yannick's a free agent. There's a lot of things up in the air. Yeah. Yannick would have been a 10-sack guy um, if it wouldn't came down to some of these injury situations. Obviously, ends up missing the last two games due to um, – a strange injury, it felt yeah, like. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, they had all kind of rumors. There was all kind of rumors about how he got injured, but you know. Um. Well, that's that's interesting. You went with edge and slot receiver, so I'm gonna go. I mean, slot corner. I, I'm gonna go with slot receiver. I just told on myself. I'm gonna go with slot receiver with Paris Campbell being uh, a pending free agent. You have no idea what direction he's gonna go in. Uh, and I've been looking at a lot of these wide receivers out here in the Senior Bowl. That's that's projected to be slot wide receivers at the next level. Uh, some guys we'll talk about later. So I'll just mention that if, if Paris Campbell is not bought back, I think slot wide receiver can be something that the Colts target in the draft on day two or day three. And the other position I'm going to go with is a, a blocking tight end. Um, I know they expect Ogletree to, to fill that void kind of, and, and we don't really have an idea if he can I just think that's a lot to put on a guy that's coming back from such a serious injury and hasn't played a snap yet in the NFL. So it, it just behooves you to get some insurance, get a guy that, that that's really that kind of tight end that you need. You have your move guy. You have Jelani Woods, who's kind of, you know, a tweener. He, he He's a guy that, that blocks decently, but, you know, he's more of a threat in the pass game. You want a guy that can really get his nose dirty uh real reminiscent of what Jack Doyle used to do for you. You missed that. You missed that tremendously throughout this season. You, you wasn't even able to run the ball on the perimeter because of it this season. So 
I think that's important that you get that done. Those two positions is what I'm going to go with. There's a couple of others. Also, interior offensive line is something that they definitely have to look at addressing at some point. And, you know, there's a couple of things that, that this roster has holes, man. Don't be fooled and don't think that this team is closer than what they actually are. This this team has holes. But luckily, they have the draft capital and, and they have a little money in free agency where they can fix it. And I don't know if I'd say anyone's safe right now. I mean, no. more, more holes can be created. Yeah, more like, and more and probably pretty, will be pretty easily. Not not that those um, spots are just dandy already. I yeah, mean, just, they're, they're, there's just guys that can be gone. Ryan Kelly could be cut any time today or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, who knows? Ryan Kelly could hang it up. Who, who knows? Who knows? Like, 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 maybe Moali Cox can be cut. Moali Cox will be cut. I mean, what? <laughs> you know what? Get to the question, man. I'm done with you. <laughs> I, I'm done with you. Next one here is from Nathan Allen Barnhart. I know you've asked questions before. I think you've changed your at, though, because this is a different at. It? So oh, it. this is at realnate018. No, I don't think that was his at. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty positive he's changed his number, his at here. So are we going to go with – we're going to rate this one? Yeah. So at realnate018. I'm going to give it uh, numbers at the end. Really upset me. I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, so I mean, 18 Peyton Manning. So I get where we're going here. I don't know what the zero is. I don't know if it was just because eight real Nate 18 was taken. Um, but yeah, six and a half is my name um, one. I'm gonna drop it down to a six um, mm-hmm. just because of the zero 18. The zero being there really is what doing it because I, I could have sold myself on 18 Peyton Manning. I really could. Uh-huh. Like, I could have sold that for you. Um, but I'm gonna have to keep it at a six for now. Um, question here: If the Colts believe Young is Houston's guy, assuming he isn't our guy, do they still talk to Chicago about one or even moving up to two or three instead? Oh, that's a good question. I, I tweeted a little bit about this this morning, and I was talking about the Colts and how the Colts feel about these guys. You know, I just happen to know uh, from a little birdie that the Colts don't really have a big a big gap in how they see uh, three of these quarterbacks. You know, three of them. Uh, Bryce Young is not a traditional Ballard guy. So I, I have no idea how he feel about Bryce Young in particular. But I know the other three guys, the Colts don't see it as a large gap the way some other people see it. So I, I don't think they would be willing to move up because they feel comfortable with their ability to get – one of those guys. Now, a new coach, depending on who that is, is somebody that can change that. If he's just dead set on a guy and he feels like a guy would be better in his offense, then, you know, that can go in either direction. But I know at the time, the way they feel, they don't have – they're pretty much tiered, tiered the same because they feel like what they don't have with a guy right now, they can make up with some development. And they, they feel like the end product – it, it, it'll all balance itself out just based off the system that they're in. So that's how I feel about that. I I, I think the Colts are thinking just stay pat and, and get whatever guy that falls soon. Um, I I firmly believe if the Texans in this situation, which you're offering me two and three, so you're right. I'm a, you're, he's essentially saying the Texans have traded up to one. Right. I'm a firm believer that if you talk to Chicago. They end up deciding to trade to Houston, and they try to use that in a sense to double trade back with you. Yeah, um, you pull out of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not paying the same price for two that I was going to have to pay for one. 
Um, I don't care like if that made a lot of sense for them. I understand why they want to do it. Right. But if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm not operating in that fashion. Once the first quarterback goes off the board, I don't think the gap between the two through four is large enough for me to pay what it would cost to get to the one and get right. a quarterback one. Right. Um, I love, I, I think CJ Stroud is QB one in this class. I've mm-hmm. said that multiple times on here. You guys have seen it on Twitter. Um, Rashad is not, is a, doesn't believe me, isn't a believer in that, obviously. That's cap, but, uh, I, I believe he's QB one for the Colts. Oh, well, I, yeah, I but I'm saying in general. Okay. Yeah. Um, but for the Colts in general, it just, I would not operate that way. I would not trade the two if you don't get the one because they're going to charge you the same price. Yeah. I, I promise you they will. Yeah, it doesn't. So, right. so it, to me, you pull out of those negotiations. If someone trades up to two, then that happens. Um, uh, th- these talks happen every year where people are like, quarterbacks can go one, two, three. They never, it, it never, never happens. I, I really feel like the, there's only going to be one trade before four. I, I really so. do. I think so. whoever trades up to one, We'll trade up to one. Right. Um, it could be us, Houston, Carolina, Vegas, like who knows, all these other options. Mm-hmm. I think that trade happens. I don't think another trade happens before four. I don't think so either. So I think at worst, the Colts are taking quarterback three. If, well, if it's not Houston yeah. that trades up to one, then obviously that's a quarterback. Houston takes a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You end up with a third quarterback. Just go look through through the draft history. Quarterbacks don't go one, two, three. It just don't happen, man. And I know y'all thinking worst case scenario, of course, we can think and operate in that world. But Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are too good for people to just let them continue to slide down the board. It won't happen, man. And the Bears are not going to be willing to miss out on those two guys. Right. Like the Carolina, like all these other teams have other assets to do. So maybe Ryan Pace can get alert that way. I just can't imagine they send it to anyone but Houston or Indy. I think so too. Because I, those are the only two spots you can trade back to. You are guaranteed to get one of those two guys. Yep. And, and, and I think that's what will happen. I think that's the way it'll play out. Now, unless something changes the way the coach feel about these QBs and, and they just fall in love with a guy during the process, then I think that's, that's definitely a possibility of happening. I, I think they stay packed un, until that happens. Next question is from. AR-15 Trooper, our guy Vinny, at Vinny Borelli, 18. We've rated Vinny at oh, yeah. multiple times. Uh, his question is, hey, fellas, just a couple of guys I have interest in for the coach. I want to know your thoughts on the following guys. Dewan Jones, what round would you project him going in? Andrew Voorhees, how has he looked? Jaden Reed, how has he looked? Is he a potential day three target um you want to want to grab one of these guys um so i'm definitely not going to take the one that you want thank you I appreciate um because i'm a good person you are um, i mean i'll start with dewan jones i mean dewan jones day one really really great day i mean yeah. dewan jones size showed out um there was one rep that i saw that he literally wasn't moved by a defender who got into him. It was a smaller defender. Um, it, it's a very rotational base in these one-on-ones. Um, and in the five-on-five where it, it goes one-on-one targets, yeah. it's one of the drills they run. Um, and it was a straight up, the guy wasn't moved. Yeah. Um, big old dude. I, I, he's going to be a guy at tackle. I, I mean, to me, with answering the what round he's going in, there's a lot of things that can change this still. Yeah. A lot of draft process left. 
if I had to guess right now, he, he's going to be one of those guys that like, the amount of tackle need that's in the NFL right now, yeah. like it's going to be round one, round two. I think it's, I think it's day two, early day two. Yeah, it's either, it's either day, early day two, late day one to me. Yeah, like, that's where he's at. I think so. Uh, longest longest wingspan in senior bowl history that DeWan Jones recorded. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't seen much of Andrew Voorhees at all. Uh, did you get a chance to, to check him out? I mean, Voorhees is not a small dude either. I mean, I didn't get a chance. He, he, he's like six, he's six, six, like three thirty, three twenty. That's what he weighed. That's what he did. Roughly. I mean, I don't have the senior bowl numbers in front of me right now. I actually do. So. See, this is why Rashad is out here ready to go. Yes, man. You know, I'm, I'm even better in person. I promise you I am. Uh, now can I find his name? It's, I had to guess he's in the seventies. No, yeah, wise. I think it was 79. Right? No, he's not 79. And I can't find him, so this is not good. You might, I know he's six six. He's six six, three twenty. He's a bigger dude. Um, over there watching. I mean, I haven't seen too much of him. Is he here? Hello, I'm Neilai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas problems that come from those ideas and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. He may not be, because I swear I haven't seen him. This That's what I'm saying. That's why I passed it to you, because I'm like, I haven't seen much of you know, I'm I'm very he was slated to be here, but there's been a lot of people pull out this week, like the six, five days before. You know, I'm very familiar with him because he went to USC. Obviously. He is your boy. Yeah. So uh, I'm very familiar with his game, but I haven't been seeing him uh in the senior bowl. They said he was slated to be here, but I haven't saw him much. But I mean, I can speak a little bit from the tape I've watched on him. I mean, I, I really like a lot of these day two. Um, day three interior linemen in this class. And there's a lot of guys with size. I think there's a lot of guys with multiple position ability. Um, I think Voorhees is going to be a guard. 
personally. Um, I, I've heard some people try and like talk about him being something else, trying to be a center. Um, I, I think he's a guard. Uh, I think he's a guy that excels with power mm-hmm. and he's going to excel in the run game. Um, again, the, the draft position part's hard. <laughs> I mean, he, he could fall anywhere from having a really good draft process and ended up in round two. He, well, he, I could see him being the guy who's like drafted in round four right now. Yeah. A good thing. Good thing about the Andrew boy, he's but he's just asked how he looked. He didn't ask for a specific, you know, round or where you project him to go at. Um, so let's just talk about Jaden Reed for a second. Um, Jaden Reed, for those of you who are not familiar with him, he's a wide receiver from Michigan State. I believe he measured in at five foot ten, almost five eleven. I think he's five. Yeah, five foot ten. 191 pounds uh, under the ballot threshold. So I'm not really projecting him, the coach to select him. I know you say he may be a day three uh, target for the, for the coach. Uh, ballot doesn't draft receivers under six foot and under 200 pounds. Just doesn't happen. So Jane Reed doesn't meet that threshold, neither threshold actually, but man, he's putting together a fantastic senior bowl. Uh, he's looked explosive, very, very shifty. He's out there making plays in one-on-ones and 11-on-11s, fielding punts. I think he's going to offer you some some great special teams ability, whoever he lands with. But this guy, is, he's lighting it up, man. I'm a big fan. That's why Destin said that I should be the one to talk about him. He's, he's a- only been talking about him all of senior bowl practices, during practices, um, this this man has wanted to argue with some of the refs when they've called him out of bounds. I mean, because he's catching touchdowns, referees are giving bad signals saying he was out of bounds. He, clearly, he was in bounds. Uh, Jane Reed, man, but but seriously, he, he's a talented guy. Uh, short area quickness, explosive route running ability, uh, catch, making catches with his hands, attacking a ball when the ball's in the air. Uh, I've just been impressed with him all around. And I think he may play himself into becoming a day-two pick. I, I see. I can see third round all over this guy, and I think he can be a playmaker working out of the slot at the next level. Uh, with Paris Campbell potentially leaving in free agency, uh, I, I know Destin even told me he can see him going over there with Frank Wright in Carolina, which is certainly a possibility. I can see a guy like Jaden Reed if Ballard was to move off of his, you know, his parameters and step outside of his comfort zone a little bit and take a guy that's a little bit smaller. I can see him fulfilling the slot role in the NFL rather quickly. What we got next? Yeah, I mean, everything um, Rashad said about Reed, I mean, I knew he, he needed to drill about him for a second for you guys. But Reed has looked good, man. I mean, Reed has showed out during one-on-ones. Um, he hasn't let his below six-foot stature affect him at all. Um, and he's been probably, I mean, top two, maybe not two, even when I say that he has been really solid at creating constant separation. Yeah. Um, That's one more guy we're going to talk about later. Yeah, was, uh, there's another guy who's in that top two in that yeah, range, too. Sure. It's one of those two, but um, both little guys. Right, both way. little both guys. Both little guys um, creating the separation out of the senior bowl so far. Um, this next question here is coming from Mace. With a little diamond emoji. We know Mace pretty well. Oh, um, sure. I don't know if we've ever actually rated his ad on the show, though. We never rated Mason's ad. I don't know if he's ever submitted a question. Thank, thanks for finally doing it, Mason. We appreciate you, man. <laughs> um, and I mean, his ad's a little close to my heart here. 
yeah, we got at the Mason Roach. Mmm. D. The the duh in front of it is gonna sell Destin. Destin's gonna <laughs> give up a, a bias at rating. I'm letting you know now. Just because he's the Dustin Adams. I'm gonna go with a seven. Uh I, I like the 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 arrogance that come with putting the in front of your at name. Uh I'm I support that, although I'm not D. Sha McGinnis yet. I may I may trend in that area if I'm feeling real arrogant one day, but I'm not. But I'm gonna give it a seven because I like to see it. Yeah, so seven was exactly what I thought originally. Six and a half is my usual for a first name, last name. Mm-hmm. Um I think the the just adds that kind of confidence that we like to see, Mason. Um, so welcome to the the family. Um we're happy to have you. <laughs> and the question is, who is the prospect you are most excited to watch? Secondly, who is someone that Colts fans should be on and the lookout for? Sleeper under the radar prospect. Um, okay, well, since Jaden Reese uh, been talked about. We talked about him already. Uh, let me go with a guy, uh, Keon White from from Georgia Tech. Um, Edge, he's been explosive, man. He has been really explosive. I'm actually looking at the people because I want to see what his size and, and, and what he measured in at because that may land him on, on Ballard's radar. But let me talk about him a little bit. Uh, he went to Georgia Tech. He was an Edge he looked explosive winning inside and outside. He he beat several tackles. He beat guards. He made plays all over the field. He he has been one of the best pass rushers that I've seen today, winning with, with power and with speed. Uh, he's a guy that surprisingly has good bend for his size. And I've I just been impressed with him, man. I, I really have. And I still haven't found his goddamn measurements on his paper. Maybe we have just the wrong roster. Uh, I'm convinced. I can't find anybody on here. I believe he's number six. Yeah, it's number six. Okay, so he's six four two eighty. Hmm. So you want? So you answered the first part. You want me to answer the first part, and then you do the second part. Yeah. Go, okay. We go so, for like um, for the first part. So like, who is someone I've been excited to watch? Um, I'm going to go with a guy that I guess I didn't come in like super excited to watch. Um, so he could apply for both, but I have a certain name I want to go for on the both. Okay. On, on, I mean, on the sleeper route. So I'm going to go with a guy that's just, he's dominated one-on-ones for corners. Um, I'm going to go Darius Rush out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard me earlier say that I think the Colts should be looking for that aggressive type corner on the outside. Um, I think Darius Rush has been fantastic during one-on-ones. He's been dominant. He's really worked the press coverage really well, made sure to get receivers off their step early. Guys have struggled against him in that route. Um, and he's just had moments where he runs routes for guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's been putting on a show during one-on-ones, and he's been one of my favorite corners to watch this week. Um, he wasn't a guy that was on my radar to be a high day two pick before the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's playing himself into day two right now. Yeah. And I, I think day two is where the Colts need to be taking a corner. This is a solid corner class. He's got size being 6'2 and playing with that aggressive nature on the outside. Um, Rush has been impressive. I have a good idea. Although I don't know if you'll go back to DBs for your sleeper under the radar guy, but I have a good idea of who you would like to name. I will not be going back to DBs, but I do do like who you're thinking about. I know. I was wondering when you was going to mention him. I got a feeling. He, he doesn't fit what the Colts need. I, I'll say him. I mean, J, JL Skinner had a really good day one. Day two, he struggled a little bit. Oh, he did. But 
Um, JL Skinner put on a show day one in my he opinion did, he did. with his size and speed. Someone's going to get a really solid safety that's six four, and some people are projecting that he's going to run in the high four threes, um, and that's going to be crazy that for be whoever good. gets that guy. But I think the Colts are pretty set at safety right now. Yeah, my sleeper uh, under radar prospect is is Nathaniel Tank Dell, University of Houston. Uh, another smaller guy, five eight of one sixty three, I believe. Yeah, one six five eight one sixty three. Uh, a guy that's when I say electric, he is electric, man. There, there's clips of him going around getting about eight to ten yards worth of separation in a route. Like he's that ridiculous. The change of direction is amazing. His hands is good. I see him going up, attacking the ball at the catch point, and, and, and you just like to see little guys because so many of these drills is, is catered to. Just being able to guard these one-on-one drills, they're unfair for these DBs. I mean, trying to stay in front of a guy like Tank Dell or a guy like Jaden Reed that we mentioned earlier, it's almost impossible if they have half the field to work with. They're going to create separation. Are you pretty much just playing a guessing game trying to stay in front of these guys? But Nathaniel Tank Dell uh, from University of Houston has been one of the biggest beneficiaries of coming out here to the Senior Bowl, and it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have your college quarterback out here, Clayton Toon throwing you the ball as well. Yeah, so then going to the sleeper for me, I'm going to go edge rusher. Earlier I told you two spots of need for the Colts were corner and edge. Uh, a guy who I think – this isn't just Colts fans I think are sleeping on. If I see another mock draft that has a team selecting Will Anderson in the third, fourth, fifth round, I'm going to lose my mind. Wait, what? Yeah, w- Will Anderson. Oh, Will Anderson, I apologize. I know. I was- uh, <laughs> I was saying what? I, I got Will in my mind. I just oh, think, okay. Yeah. All right. Will, Will McDonald Jr. Yeah. Will McDonald the fourth. So not just a junior. Will McDonald the fourth. I want yeah, to get it right for the guy. You're very um, People that have this man going, and I understand these draft machines, they don't really update the stock really well as they go. Um, no shots at those. I mean, they're great systems. Um, but 6'3", six, pe- six, 240. Pe- people are drafting this man. Pe- people are drafting this man right now. Well. In the third, fourth, fifth round. Mm. He's been dominant. Yeah, he don't look like a day three guy. He's been dominant the senior bowl. Yeah. The second round, I'm gonna be honest, I think the second round is his floor. Like really? I don't think he falls out of the second round. Wow. Like his speed, his power, like he he's putting on a show right now. And obviously he's gonna be a little bit smaller than some teams are gonna be putting on the edge. So it, it's going to take a certain team to draft him. Yeah. But I think people are sleeping on this kid. Like, I, I think he – and I, I'm really interested to see um, the Colts co- how the Colts coaching staff r- maps out um, because if we need to add a little bit of a smaller guy, mm. like, he, he's got it, man. Like, he's got that it factor in him. I, I like him. And once you pointed him out to me and, and I started watching him, he moves well, man. Like I said, 6'3", 240, carries that weight beautifully, beautifully. All right, let's get to our last question. Uh, it's from our guy, Nick Goro. Check. Is it? Oh, he told us recently, didn't I he? I know, and I don't want to mess it up. So it's Nick Check. Like, he said that. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if he told us the, the Goro part. Yeah. Like, I think he just told us how to, how to pronounce the at. But yeah, Nick Check. Okay, so his question is, assuming coach stay at four, what position is most likely pick if they stay at number 36 
Disclaimer, I think we all expect Ballard to trade back at 36. You want to go first? or Because uh, I'm going to use this to talk about somebody. That... Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if I was a betting man that the Colts would trade back, I agree. Right. Um, especially if they decide, if they didn't trade up uh, from four to one, then who knows what happened. Uh, yeah, but you, yeah. in this in this situation, you said the Colts stay at four. So I, I'd put my money on corner. Um, I think there's a lot of corners in this class, a lot of corners with size in this class. Um, I, I think there's going to be two or three that can go in that high end of the second round. So I just think it works well for where the Colts need. It works well for the where the Colts are drafting high high in the second round, yeah. um, high in every round. And to quote Chris Ballard, we earn that. <laughs> um, I believe corner is definitely a cons- – uh, uh, has a high probability, but I'm going to go with interior of offensive lineman just so I can talk about John Michael Smith. Um, John Michael Smith has been the best offensive lineman at the senior bowl. Uh, what he has done at the center position and a guard position, he has Jason Kelsey S traits and movability to his game. Like seeing him out in space on a couple of those screens and watching him anchor down in one-on-ones He's just not getting beat, man. And, and that kind of talent in the right system can make him a great player early on in his career. I, I think in the right system, if a system that uses him, that really weaponizes their their center, such as the Philadelphia Eagles do in their run game, such as Kyle Shanahan does with his, his offense out there in San Fran, man. I think John Mike Smith, is a can be a really special player, and, and so if the coach decide to go to interior offensive line and he's still available top of the second round, I think that's a no brainer. I think it's a match made in heaven with what the coach want to do with their run game. It just makes so much sense to me that 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 would be a guy they target. Hey, going quarterback center, I mean, is never a bad philosophy. Uh, Getting right. two rookies in. Uh, being able to grow together that way. Yeah. Um, obviously, this would be a sense that Ryan Kelly has been cut and or has retired or m- maybe a team traded for him. See, um, I think that was the least likely, to be honest. But I thought of C.J. Stroud only having to put his hands onto one man's butt for the entirety of his career can be. Jim Irsay is going to want to hire that man one day. <laughs> well, um, on that note, is there any other thing you want to mention of uh, for as any any particular player that you just wanted to mention that you didn't get a chance to talk about before we get up out of here? Um, I think I got I got one. Well, if you want to think, uh, I'll talk about the Tulane guys since I'm from New Orleans. Obviously, um, Tulane, I'm not biased to. They beat USC in the Cotton Bowl, so therefore all biasness went out the window when they beat my team. But they have two outstanding players here, man. Uh, the, the linebacker, uh, Dorian. What's Dorian's last name? Is it Williams or Wright? I don't want to mess it up. He, he deserves to have his name. Williams, yeah, Dorian Williams. I thought so. From Tulane, he has been playing phenomenal, man. Flowing from sideline to sideline, making plays in 7-on-7s in and 11-v-11s. Uh, he, he has been looking really good. And Ty J. Spears, man, explosive runner. I think between the tackles is where he'll surprise a lot of people. We know about his ability to bounce bounce the ball outside and catch screens and make big plays, make people miss. What he's been doing in between the tackles, it has been eye-opening. And, and I think he's solidifying himself as a day-two pick and one of the top running backs that's going to be available uh, 
Shout out to McIntosh as well for Georgia. He's been playing well at running back. The running backs is a really good group, man. The running backs have really been good. Chase Brown, Cameron Peoples from Appalachian State. Uh, those guys, watching them do the those pass protection drills has been a bit rough for them, though, trying to pass protect these linebackers. But other than that, I, I've That's been That's a really, mean drill, bro. It is. It's just so not fair for running backs to have to pass protect these linebackers coming with a full head of steam. It's not fair, but it's life, man. It's getting them ready for what they're going to see at the next level. You know, pass protection gets you on the field on third down. So that's so vital to what the running back needs to succeed. Uh, anybody you want to mention, like I said, before we get out? Yeah, um, I- I've really been impressed with Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, another another corner. I'm feeling my bias of, of, of my, my love of corners. Um, but Anthony Johnson out, out of Virginia, he um, – shout out to the Senior Bowl and – to shout out to Zebra Motion Works. They've been doing a lot of oh, yeah, different next-gen type stats and different things for the Senior Bowl and track and speed on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Johnson was tracked as the second fastest defender this week so far. Really? Um, at a 19.37 miles per hour on the field. Dude's moving. Um, he does, He's not as aggressive um, as the other corners that I've been mentioning. Um, he doesn't – he has very – mature hand movement. He mm-hmm. really uses his hands well as a corner right now. Not a guy that I think would get drafted and be flagged a lot early on. Um, and I, I really like his hip discipline. I feel like he keeps his hips centered on where he needs to go. He doesn't oversell himself very often. Um, I think where he needs to work a little bit is going to be in his footwork and not trying to um, retreat too quickly, using yeah. that speed a little bit yeah. too much off the line and trying to get better in that light. But he's been he's done well here. Um, I feel like he's he's shown that instincts well. He's ran routes for guys multiple times during those one-on-ones. So he's another guy that's impressed me. Yeah, man. And, and, and before we get out of here, like I said, I could talk about these guys all day. I wanted to mention Dontavian Wicks. He's having an outstanding senior bowl. And he is a guy that the coach could potentially target. Look, look up his name on Twitter. You're, you'll, you'll see a highlight that's that's going to make you want to oh, like it. I yeah. promise. Look it up. My goodness. Dontavian Wicks. For the people that don't know, I'll spell his name out for you. Uh, where is it? D O N T A Y V I O N Dontavian and Wicks. Uh, six one and a half, two hundred and twelve pounds. Physical guy, great hands, and he's able to create separation as a as a bigger guy. You know, he's had no problem getting separation. That's the video <laughs> Destin is alluding to. He. He, he created max separation, which is what I said when I quote tweeted it in, in one. I would love for someone to measure it. I would love for someone to figure out how much separation was created. There. That, that was ridiculous. Uh, I even asked about him on a podcast a, a year ago. Me and Destin got a chance to talk to one of the Virginia beat writers. Uh, shout out to Greg. I know Destin caught up with him uh, earlier today at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, man, he's been on my radar for a while, and it's nice to see him come out here and have a, a productive first two days so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen tomorrow. Man. Although the weather might not allow us to enjoy it, it I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah, prayers up there's no rain when you guys listen to this in Mobile, Alabama tomorrow. And we get a full three days of, of senior bowl practice where we don't we don't got to move anything inside. Yeah, man. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shot and Destin. We will see you guys next week.